another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone. This is your vital essence on the Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Philip. I'm Jamie. Hi there, I'm Ethan. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, we're doing really well. I mean, such an exciting time. I mean, we're finally here, all three of us, and we're chatting you know, about, the, about this new show that just came out recently called uh, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Have you guys heard about this show? I've heard a few things, uh, you know, in the rumor mill. You know, Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. The Great Conjunction comes. Oh, my God, it's finally here. I don't know what you're talking about. Dark Age of what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so, um, like, there was so much uh, that happened in this episode. Um, well, in you know, in all the episodes of The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, so... Um, it, it's just so awesome to sort of, you know, chat about the show and, and, you know, for now, like pretty much every week, we're going to try and go through every episode of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So you'll definitely hear from us, um, you know, at least over the next 10 weeks or so, and, and probably even really beyond just chatting about, um, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So I think first of all, with these episodes, I will probably uh, preface this by saying that these will contain spoilers uh, for for probably for all the episodes because because I think I've seen all all ten episodes. Um, I'm presuming that you've all seen the whole um, entire season of the show. I have, I have, I have. I'm on round two. I'm on episode two of my second viewing. So I'm not ready. Excited. You're you're a man. <laughs> Look at you. My <laughs> body's you not I'm ready. A man? Your body's. <laughs> oh, Look Ethan, you. you're built for for two viewings. <laughs> all that height. I, I think that was the thing about this show was like, it all sort of felt like a blur, you know, trying to binge watch the entire show, like within a couple of days. And it, like, and it's actually been kind of cool sort of revisiting the show again, just to, um, you know, just to prepare for, for these shows of, you know, what, what happens in each episode and, and so much happens in each episode of, of the dark crystal age of resistance. I, I guess, like for me, like my 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 impressions was, I mean, really throughout the show, I was really entranced uh, with watching the show, um, just being immersed with the world of Thrar, and and you know, I had to you know give congratulations to the Henson Company and to Netflix, uh, really for making it all happen with this show. It's just, um, uh, it's been such a surreal sort of experience that we've had with the podcast, you know, getting. Um, talking about Dark Crystal for so many years, and and here we are, you know, today, uh, chatting about this TV show. So it's just a very exciting time. Yeah, how did we get did here? It, I mean, I mean, it, it's here, it's now. We've watched it, we've experienced it, and it almost doesn't feel real. Um, I, I mean, what was it? Two, three years ago, it was first announced, and now we're here, and I'm just like. 
I'm like shaking because like all that adrenaline's still processing. I'm like, oh my god! Like, I'm so glad that we're on the other side of this way, though. Yeah, me too. It's it's oddly. I mean, here we are in this brand new world of ten hours of uh, Dark Crystal. Well, plus the original film, so you're talking almost twelve hours of Dark Crystal or eleven and a half or whatever. Um, I, I, it's hard to fathom where we are and that we have so much to discuss. Um, and aside from all of that, the reception of the show, I I think we should certainly take a moment to talk about how well received it is by critics, the IMDB score, even though I don't put a ton of stock into like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDB or the, or those types of things. It does make a difference. However, when all of these third-party outlets are saying this show is amazing is a masterpiece it is perfect when everybody is saying that and most of the fans i would say 99.9 percent of the fans are like holy cow this is amazing what a place to be it's 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 unthinkable it is unthinkable and uh, hopefully viewership for netflix is reflecting that so like even I think when the show came out and I was always like looking, refreshing Rotten Tomatoes just to seeing how the score is going. And I think right now, um, as of this recording, I think it currently stands at 89%, which is just a, a just a, an amazing score just to have, you know, for this, you know, for, based on this, you know, one film franchise and the Dark Crystal really coming back. And yeah, there's been a lot of people that have been um, loving the show from, you know, from fans, from critics um, to even new fans, so sort of delving into the Dark Crystal for the first time through the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So it's just um, it's just been an amazing time and um, just a very surreal weekend. Um, you know, just watching all these shows and it's going to be it's actually going to be really fun. Just actually going back and re rewatching all the episodes of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yeah, I mean, I love Dark Crystal. Don't get me wrong. But I was expecting it to be worse, if that makes any sense. I was expecting for it to come out, and I would love it, and everybody else would hate it, and it would just be my dark crystal again. But the fact that everybody and their dog is saying, I love this, this is amazing, and my wife saying this is amazing. I mean, my wife is talking about getting a dark crystal tattoo, you guys, the uh, REL symbol. Oh, Uh, shmoop. Yeah, boop. I was like, girl, shoot, I will not stop you. Let us go. I will drive. <laughs> um, I mean, this is bringing, awakening people uh, who love Dark Crystal. I mean, uh, just today I was having a conversation about Dark Crystal in uh, the Crystal Shard group. Um, I've, I've never seen her before in my life, and she, she owns the Brian Froud book. She knows about the symbols. She's got tattoos all over her body from the world of the Dark Crystal. And I'm like, I've never seen you before, but you're amazing, and I love you. Um, this is I, – I never would have imagined that this ha- would happen when Age of Resistance uh, came out. I was really expecting it to just kind of fly under the radar. But this is good. People need to love it. People need to – to rate the show on Netflix and we need to get uh, people talking about this so we can get a season two. We need eyes on the show. That's how you get a season two. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's really the big thing now, especially with the first month of the show's release. Uh, so really all of September, that's a big thing that, that we need everyone to, to watch the show and and definitely talk about it. I, I think that's, you know, that's the only way that, a season two will happen 
because that's the way, you know, with that Netflix works with, you know, getting those statistics in the first month that really gives them an indication of whether we're going to, we're going to make more Dark Crystal. There's going to be uh, further interest with the show. So it's just, um, and, and overall, like, yeah, just the whole first season, I think, um, and even like with all the episodes, like there was just such a, a great balance um, between like all the characters when they're going back and forth between, you know, some of the storylines between Rian and Deet and Bria, the Skeksis and, and Olgra and, you know, so much more. Yeah. So I guess, you know, for this episode, we'll, we'll definitely just, we'll chat about like with the very first episode of the show, which is called, um, end begin all the same. And I actually like that all the episode titles are, um, they're all quotes, um, from the movie, the dark crystal. So I thought that was like a very, um, neat touch of, you know, with the naming of, of the episodes. I thought that was really, uh, a cute touch. Um, because, you know, it's nodding to the original film and it's something that I don't think Age of Resistance did too much, which prequels tend to fall into that trap of winking and nodding at the audience. Like, we know this is a prequel. We know that, you know, you remember this from the movie? Remember that from the movie? Wink, wink, nod, yes. nod. Oh my and God, yes. Age of Resistance does not do that. It feels like its own thing. I heard this one review, I think on YouTube, that said... They almost wish that Age of Resistance was its own thing and not even connected to the film because they want to see where this goes on its own merits. Um, knowing that the film is an endpoint uh, almost feel makes it feel boxed in to this reviewer, and I'm like, that's fair, that's cool, you know. Um, I, I mean, I think they're gonna definitely take us on some twists and turns. Um, telling the story of age of resistance over the next coming seasons. Um, if they get that chance. Um, I, but anyway, yeah, I, I definitely think that age of resistance did a great job at not falling into prequelitis. Yeah. And, and of course, like, I mean, with Jeff and will, I think when they um, got on board with the show, I think they definitely, they definitely planned out in their minds about how like, how sort of the Gelfling got wiped out or like what's the scenario that sort of came to be. Um, so I think, you know, they would have thought about, that would have been the first thing they would have thought of. And then sort of from there went to the early times of um, during the, uh, the Skeksis, you know, trying to drain the Gelfling and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, essentially like working backwards um, when they probably first started doing this project. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I would agree. I would certainly echo your sentiments, Ethan, in terms of the not a lot of foreshadowing or audible foreshadowing. And that's, you know, I think we were we will be discussing prequels in general, I think, as we, as we continue to kind of go over this episode by episode. But, you know, the, the elephant in the room is the Star Wars prequels. And all of that was like wink, 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 you know, like audible wink using the same sentence again, almost the same, another scene, almost doing the same scene again in a different way. And all of those trappings, essentially, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of pieces of dialogue that we hear, um, but they don't feel forced. They feel very natural. The world feels completely natural. Uh, the, that opening scene when we're in the castle, I mean, aside from 
the opening narration with Sigourney Weaver that I'm warming up to actually, by the way, I love Sigourney Weaver. No, that's not a, you know, no one, anyone who knows me shouldn't be surprised by that. But initially I think I thought her opening vocals were a little strange. I'm like, eh, everyone else has a very specific different voice and they're not as readily identifiable. But Sigourney Weaver was vi- very identifiable. But after seeing that opening for my fourth time, because I'm rewatching the show for the second time, uh, I was like, no, she works. Like now I-, I expect to hear her voice. It's just really great. And I just love that they took bold risks. And another really bold risk, risk about even obviously the first episode, aside from the opening title of The Dark Crystal, and you hear that very familiar theme from the original film, they go off into their own musical aesthetic. They're using, and that takes a lot of courage to do because just like you said, Ethan, a lot of lesser filmmakers would be like, no, let's just bring back old themes. Let's just reuse old themes. And you can hear that, that sort of echo in some fans like, where are the old themes? Where are the old themes? I missed the score. And you're never going to please fans. They want something new, something the same, something different, but not too different, but not too new but something they haven't seen before that reminds me that reminds them of something they'd seen before. You know, you can never um, appease the fans and you shouldn't set out to, you should set out to tell a really good story. And I think even musically they decided this world is going to have its own voice. This world is going to have its own music, its own themes. And it was glorious. The Gelfling songs, the Podling songs, all of it. It was amazing. And I love that they decided to really strike out on their own and tell their own tale. I mean, especially like with the music, like the score is just really incredible. And and yeah, and yes, it is very different um, to to the original film. But I mean, we have to think about yeah. I guess we that the show takes place, you know, a long time before you know during the events of the Dark Crystal, where basically you know it's just really dark. You know, there's no there's only a couple of Gelflings alive, and you know they got to try and save the world, and it's all dark and grim. Whereas um, in this time, you know, it's when there's a lot of, you know, Gelfling cultures, you know, that we've sort of got introduced to uh, seven Gelfling clans. And I know this is something that we've seen, you know, some in, in law from other books and media and um, and all that kind of stuff. But but really, you know, seeing the world of Thrice sort of come back to life, like in such a big way with all the Gelflings was just, um, yeah, just really incredible. But I don't think Age of Resistance is as far away from the movie in time than most people would think. So, 100% agreed. 100% agreed. Oh, I was just going to share my math real quick if you, if you guys want to hear it. So, spoilers for the you know, whole season. Don't listen to this, guys. So, based on the Heretics dialogue... They've been waiting for 379 years for someone to pop up on them. Um, let's call, you know, when the uh, Skeksis and Mystics divided year one in the film year 1000. Um, long story short, I think we're 21 years away from the movie. I think that if we have three seasons, um, we're going to end on year 982. I think we're in nine, year 979 right now. Um, so 21 years away from the movie. Um, and so I think that the Conqueror stopped being, quote, evil at year 600, 379 years before Age of Resistance. 
Um, so there you go. I'll put it in a post somewhere. But but yeah, 21 years before the movie, if we get three seasons, season three will uh, end 18 years before the movie. And I think Jen and Kira might be 18 trying old. I think they're 18 trying old, not 18 years old. And I think there is a difference between a year and a trying. So, um, so there you go. Brought to you by uh, Harmons. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, thank you, Walmart. Yeah. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was one of the sort of the big mysteries about um, how you know how many years the show takes place and. Of course, people who worked on the show were very vague about it. I think the video game, the people who worked on the video game was being quoted as 100 years. Um, but I think like this show had to sort of be a lot closer to the timeline, uh, to, to the film. And I think 21 years probably makes more sense like in Trine than a year, 11 years in Trine unless, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like where, how, how, with the age, you know, how, um, Galfling grow, whether they grow, whether it takes time for them, you know, you know, to, from a kid to an adult, um, that sort of thing. So yeah, no, no, which is rich, which, which is really interesting. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll definitely, um, once we have people, you know, who worked on the show, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to ask them, um, sort of those kind of questions about that, but I think you might be onto something. Yep. <laughs> I bet they won't answer, but to mm. Ethan's point, something that really keys off the viewers and we'll get into this when we get to that episode but there's some kind of dream fast that happens way later on in the show and you, it looks like Brea is running through the woods with a little baby and she's dressed just like Jen's Kira's mother so that means this a few years later Brea has a baby that baby is Kira and that baby is hidden Years go by, 18 years go by, Kira grows up, and she helps to end Skeksis' power. That's just theory. I'm going with it. I, I, I'm, that's really truly what I think, because 1,000 a, a minus 379, which is what the, uh, the uh, heretic says, is 621. And so you, you go back even further 21 years into the past you're in age of resistance era so if that makes any sense so i i think that's why where the writers are kind of placing this i think yeah I, I, exactly i think kira is going to be born in three years from season one um we're and we're going to end up 18 years away from the film i think we're that close the narration in episode one says for almost a thousand years uh, they have ruled, and I think that means twenty-one. We're twenty-one years away from the movie. So, this thousand years, though, is it? By the time we reach Jen and Kira, and they're of age, that's the thousand years we're in. Like that's the Great Conjunction coming up. So all of this is leading up to that final Great Conjunction in the original film. That sort of makes sense, to be honest with you. And in terms of like them planning out the seasons and the shows and the episodes or whatever, it would make a lot of sense for them to lead right into the events of the original film, like right into when Jen is saved by the mystics, which, Oh my God, I hope they do it. That'd be great. I mean, yeah, that is something that I would love to say sort of if like at the end of the show and the last final shots 
is of um, like the mystics, like g- grabbing um, a gen, much like in the dream fasting uh, sequence from the original film, just seeing sort of them too. And, and Kira as well, you know, you know, being, being in that tree. And then, then she ends up finding a puddling village and sort of, you know, we, we, you know, we, we sort of see a little bit of that um, like as an epilogue for the dark crystal age of resistance. I think that'd be um, pretty, pretty awesome. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where this series ends up because uh, Jeff Addis and Will Matthews, the guys that started this all, they planned the beginning, middle, and end of this story when they pitched it to the Hensons. I mean, they're not making this up, you guys. They, The plan that they came up with for a prequel to the movie is what got them the job. It They were so clever and true to the film that they got the job. So there is a plan. They know what they're doing. I think there's going to be twists and turns, but I think we're going to end with with Kira being put into the tree and Jen being found by the master. And I'm excited to see how we get from age of resistance season one to those points. It's going to be really exciting. And Lisa Henson also went on record um, just recently. Someone asked her about a season two and she said initially that will Matthews and Jeff Addis pitched the series as kind of all of the stuff happening within six episodes and she said it was way too much way too quickly so they pulled it back and they have 10 episodes based off some sort of like some initial material so what i think is my assumption is we're going to only get two seasons of this show and the second season is going to lead right up to um the events of the original film i don't know i mean we can get into this later i know we're here to talk about the the first the first episode, but I really don't know. I think the more seasons they do, the harder it is for it to be, to be good. And I'm not talking about the craftsmanship. I'm talking about the story. The story right now is really rich and really dense. It's going to be hard to pull that off in the second season. It's notoriously hard to pull off. So, uh, I'm trusting that both, um, Jeff and Will and Louie and everyone involved understand fundamentally the challenges of a second season and what and what derails showrunners on second seasons and you, we've seen it in Stranger Things where they kind of go bigger and more CGI and it just kind of fell flat and the lore and mythology of the Dark Crystal and the world of Thra is very intimate. It's not a big story. It's a small story set in a big location. And those that intimacy has to be kept up. We have to feel personally involved. And when uh, things don't fall, f- and when things fall flat for me, it's because I don't feel involved anymore. A la Star Wars prequels. Anyways, just wanted to throw that in. I mean, this could be a story told in two seasons, absolutely, because we went from sixteen living Skeksis to thirteen, and after season two, we might go from thirteen to our ten from the film, and that's totally possible i could see that being kind of poetic you know 16 to 13 to our 10 and be uh the film being the third in this sort of trilogy so to speak yeah and also i think if a you know if they do a second season if they're only going to do two seasons of the show um they could actually make have time passed on um you know since the first season so i mean it, i mean that 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 could be something that would be interesting whether they'll 
you know, whether the second season, if, if it does happen, whether it'll take place maybe like a couple years later. Um, and then it just starts off with, you know, with the Gotham attacks and everything and, and just, just chaos essentially. And, and you can always, and you can always incorporate things that happen in between the seasons, like, you know, with the comics and, and probably like with, with books, if they, if they wanted to do that to sort of, if they wanted to sort of fill in those gaps. Um, and that, that, I mean, that has been something that's been done with, I mean, you know, with, with a lot of the Star Wars films, how, how most of the films, they do take place a couple of years later, sometimes 10 years, sometimes 20 years later. So um, I could definitely, I could definitely see if they were going to do like a two seasons that um, it would be, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there'll be a bit of a time, time jump or whether, it, or whether they'll just be like, no, let's take play, take season two straight after um, what happened at the end of the first season. It, it'll be really interesting to see what, what will happen. Yeah. I think it's totally possible to, to have a time jump. I mean, a deed's been wandering for a trying um, you know, Gartham attacking people, just jump straight into that. Love that. Um, but the show has so many avenues that they could explore in comics and novels and other mediums. I mean, Kadia in the Librarian. There's a story there. Uh, the um, the little Grunax. You know, they they have a story. The Conqueror before he had his uh revelation you know uh there are stories that they've almost um installed into this season that we can go off onto different branches and explore i mean there's a main story arc here to be told you know the story of the gelfling and the resistance versus the skexies you know going into the film but there's they're definitely leaving space for if this gets huge other stories to be told. We can go back further in time. We can go sideways in time. You know, well, that, I guess that's what the J.M. Lee novels are. You know, uh, simultaneous stories. You know, a different quest. Um, I mean, th- I think they've got some plans. Like, if it's not so popular, we do this. If this blows up and it becomes huge, oh, we got stories to tell. Don't you worry. Yeah, and also I think like one of the very earlier stories um, when they were trying to make the dark, you know Dark Crystal animated series at the time was a story about the Gelflings sort of um, how how they discovered or how they um, dream fast uh, for the first time. So I mean, you know, even that could even be its own episode, um, like knowing about the history of dream dream fasting. Um, so there's this it, it just opens up a lot of um, possibilities with the show. And so I think we'll probably, you know, let's chat about with with episode one of the show. So I know the episode's called End Begin All the Same. And um, the synopsis, which is from uh, Netflix, uh, it's it, it wrote as, In the land of Thra, a young guard discovers a terrible secret about the Skeksis overlords who control the planet and its powerful crystal of truth. And, and the show, and the episode was actually written by the creators of the show, uh, Jeffrey um, Addis and Will Matthews. And I, I think really, again, I probably said this earlier. I was, uh, the thing about the show that I really liked was the balance of how it went back and forth between the characters and each had their own sort of storylines that you could really invest in. So you had like moments like, you know, with Rian, whereas, you know, sort of his storyline is, 
him discovering that his his love interest, um, pretty much his love, um, Mira, being drained by the Skeksis. And, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and like, I loved, um, you know, that Rian's storyline because I guess it's something that we've sort of read earlier, like with um, Shadows of the Dark Crystal that sort of uh, delved into those storylines. And I guess I want to know, like, who were you, what was some of, like, your favourite moments uh, within the episode of the, of, the, of the first episode of The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance? My favorite moment. I, it, I oh, go think ahead, we Jamie. should we should start with. I'm sorry. I was just thinking we should start with Phil. You and I have seen it two or three times. I have no idea what what was going through Phil's head. You are the founder of this show. I want to hear from you. Well, I mean, th- I mean, there was a lot of moments, like favorite moments. I mean, where it was like just. I guess for me, I'm always about like the little fun moments um, within the Dark Crystal. I mean, I do love like this really scary moments. I mean, I think, I mean, what probably the biggest shock was really seeing Mira getting drained of her essence, you know, from, from the Skeksis. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, when watching the show, I didn't realize that, um, that, uh, Mira would actually just all be, uh, she'll just, you know, disappear or just disintegrate, uh, when, when she got drained. I think that was like, that was such a big surprise. Cause I know like from the films, we only saw, sort of with the gal well with Kira and the podling being slowly drained but not using the full power and I think um I mean that I guess that was really interesting about that because I know like later on like you know in, in the film that they sort of used a a reflector instead of using the direct source uh from the dark crystal because I know the dark crystal I guess for them looking you know directly at the crystal is like really such a you know a powerful source that it just becomes you know too consuming to the point where uh yeah the characters can just instantly you know die um from the effects of staring at the dark crystal versus you know staring at it through you know through the reflector that we see um in the film no someone made a comment in the crystal shard that i loved i screenshot it but i can't find it but they said the crystal takes everything from you a reflection of the crystal leaves behind a husk and i was like "Ooh, i like that a lot um i don't know who you are you know who you are but uh yeah some guy commented that the other day and i had to screenshot it It was it gave me chills i was like oh i like that a lot i thought that was really cool wow that that yeah that does sound yeah that sound pretty cool yeah but yeah i mean that was just such a yeah like that was like a really big sort of yeah like, whoa, kind of moment that I didn't see coming. I mean, I, I did remember, like, seeing the shot of shot of it, like, in the trailer, but I totally thought, thought that that was, like, in a different context. So it's just, like, that. I mean, just seeing that moment, that was, like, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, seeing how they, um, how Mira got drained and, and just the shock with Rian sort of watching it all. And he was just sort of up, you know, sort of at the top just watching from above and there was sort of nothing he, he could do and yeah it's just um just and it, i mean that was really the like the big point of the show i guess or the big starting point was when mira got drained that he had to escape and let the gelflings know yeah i gasped when it first happened i did not ex- i would you know i think everybody was expecting her to be pale and drained and uh 
um, uh, not a slave, but what do you call it? Like, you know, drained, you know, like yeah, mindless. Yeah, like a husk, emotionless. a husk. A husk of who she yeah. was. Yeah. And then she disappears in a flash of light and you're like, excuse me? Wait, what? It, it was startling and so clever. It definitely, uh, you know, you assume this is why they got the reflector later because it's just too powerful. They, you know, uh, super clever. I did not expect that at all. What are your favorite moments, Jamie? Oh, wow. Um, I love this shot with, or the scene with the podlings and the food. I thought that was really great. I thought the reactions, just the timing, it was comedic. It was sweet. Just really, really, really wonderful. Um, I loved watching Rian, Mira, and Gurjan walking sort of in the castle. The castle felt huge. It just is the biggest it's ever felt. Um, just all of that, just the, the texture of the space that they're in. Right when you see these Gelfling, it's, there's no question where we are. There's no question where we are, we're in the castle, and in terms of we're on Thra. It, it is, and just the, the, the moments of movement of, of Rian. Uh, I was sort of internally critical of Rian when I first saw the first episode, but as time has gone on, I feel like, wow, no, he's really, he's dead on. Like, he's, he's just a really, really wonderfully puppeteered character. Um, so those moments are certainly some of my favorite when Mira takes off down the, like the, the shaft. I love that. Of course, when wings come out, I always love that. Um, I, I, and just the, the spitters and the Aratham and sort of what's going on. Oh, it's so it's, there's so much. There's really like right now until I continue to watch more and more, all of it's my favorite. I mean, there are moments that I love for sure that we will eventually get to. Um, but that's just a really wonderful moment. Um, Deet in that amazing set in the case of Grot, just who she is, her singing, just she's beautiful. Just everything about her is, is graceful and magisterial. And I love that. I love that. I, uh, I, it's just... And there's things that they've thrown in there that people don't aren't are starting to pick up on now. Like Deet has two fathers. Does she have a mother? Who are these guys? She also has a little baby brother. Like there's lots of questions that I have. Um, where's Rian's father? Where's uh, mother? Where's Bria's mother or father? So there's 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 just tons of stuff sort of floating around. And I love that there's mystery. And that's what great stories do. They don't tell you everything. You have to sort of start asking questions and you watch it more and you get more. So that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, totally. And I think it'll be interesting whether, you know, whether season two, they might delve into that a bit more, sort of getting to know, you know, whether whether Deed actually has a mother or not. I think that's, it'll be really interesting. I, I can't wait to... To, to, to know about those kind of questions and, and same with Bria and, and Rhea, you know, Rian with, you know, Rian's, you know, who's Rian's mother and who's uh, Bria's um, father is. So let's talk about the important mystery, you guys. Okay. Eyebrows. Let's talk eyebrows. So Ordon and Almadra have eyebrows, like hairy eyebrows. Nobody else in the land of Thra has eyebrows. I is it 
an old age thing? Is it? I I don't know. It kind of bugs me. I I need answers. Uh, I think I'm gonna call Bluey or something. Like I need answers now. Eyebrows. It. They're the only two Gelfling. Is that like foreshadowing or something? Like nobody else has nobody else has eyebrows. Like furry little eyebrows. In a. I need answers. Um. Did you notice that though? Like I. I have to. I don't even notice that they don't have eyebrows. Reality. And does Jen and Kira have eyebrows? I don't think so. No, Gelfling I, I don't just, have eyebrows. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's one of my nitpicks when people draw eyebrow, uh, Gelfling and they draw eyebrows. It's like, no, Gelfling don't have eyebrows. In an age of resistance, I was like, oh, good, the puppets don't have eyebrows. This is it's can it's canonical. Um, but then Ordon and Almadra have eyebrows. And I'm like, who are you? I think they're from another world or something. Like. They ain't right. Something's wrong with them. In all seriousness, I, I think my headcanon says once you reach a certain age, you get a little bit older, you start getting a little hairier. Simple as that. But I wonder if there was a uh, a behind-the-scenes you know, uh, creature shop explanation. It seems that like that was it, though, because Ordon's a little bit older and Almodra's a little bit older, so they... Yeah, and I'm actually on. looking, um, you know, I'm just scrolling through the show and like I do notice like Deet's um, parents, I think they, they both have eyebrows. Oh, his, uh, her dad's have eyebrows? I got to look at that. Oh, they do. Yeah. I wonder if all, uh, Mother Argot, at least I, I don't know. No, she doesn't. No. I don't know which one's which, but Deet's fathers are Midjan and Lathan and... I don't yes. know. Their son is um, Bobbin. Her, her, uh, their son is freaking cute. Her, her, that's her, yeah. that's a fact. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love Bobbin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, Deed was, like, from the get-go, such a mysterious um, character. Like, when we first got introduced to her with the images and, and people just wanted to know so much about Deed and and... I mean, uh, yeah, like I love her. Like she was such a such a beautifully um, designed character, and yeah, I mean, it's it's actually interesting that I mean, with the show that um, Deet and Bria, um, they're the ones that actually they they see the vision of what's to come, and with Rian, he's seeing like he's witnessing the moment essentially. Um, so I thought that was kind of really interesting. Um, yeah, with, with that, like how two of the characters just they just have their own visions. Wherever, wherever you know, with Deed it was through the tree, and with Bria it was um, through the book with the Gelfling symbol, and trying to discover the meaning behind it. Um, I thought that was yeah, really really interesting to sort of think about that. Yeah, and I loved that they all had a gauntlet because there's a choice involved with all three. So Bria is discovering. You know, she's reading books. She she obviously likes to read. She likes knowledge. She likes history. She likes mythology or her own people's mythology. And she's in the library just, you know, toiling away at what she loves to do. And she starts discovering things. And in her discovery, something happens. And she's like, well, what is this? I got to find out what this is. And then Deet experiences something really frightening. And she she asks herself those same questions essentially and others around her mother Argot, what is happening? What is this? And then this tree, you know, the, the tree speaks to her and sort of tells her 
what's going on and what she should do. And then you have Rian, who, unlike the rest, he watches this horror unfold. And so they're all presented with a choice. Something's happening. Something's wrong. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay home or are you going to are you going to flee and warn everyone? And obviously, when you have information that kind of goes against what everyone thinks, what everyone believes, that's a hard place to be when you're like, no, like it reminds me a little bit of uh, the secret of Nim when Mrs. Brisby finds out that the rats of Nim are going to come the next day. And she's like, the, the Nim is coming. Nim is coming. And all the rats are like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? No way. And she's like, no, it's going to, they're coming. They're happening. And I feel like that's what Bree is doing in her own way. And Rian, that's what Rian's doing in his own way. He's like, something's not right. And I've seen it, but life is for the Gelfling is essentially sort of okay. So, and, and he and Brea and sort of Deet in her own way are disrupting all of that. So what does it mean to disrupt everyone's way of life? What are the consequences of that? How popular are you going to be if you disrupt everyone's way of life because you have a, a, a larger truth that's important? So I just love that that's sort of where these characters are this first episode. And they're trying, they're processing this information. It's terrifying them. It's scaring them. But they have to run, they have to flee, they have to tell others who are more important, who can do something about it. And it's just the brilliant brilliance of the writing of that first episode. Yeah, again, it, it just had such a great uh, balance like between those three characters. And, and as we sort of get like later on, you know, with each episode, you know, the stories with all three of those characters um, intertwine. And um, yeah, it, I, I just think like for this first episode, I think it just works really well. And and I, I definitely think it's probably one of the best um, pilots of, of television. I think, you know, there are, I mean, for me, there's a couple of pilots, you know, first episodes, which are just like brilliant. I mean, you know, examples like with Lost or with Firefly. And I think um, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance with the first episode and Begin all the same is definitely up there in regards to sort of best pilots and, and really was able to explain the world like especially sort of you know trying to introduce like all the different clans of of Gelfling and and just yeah and just getting to know so much about the world of Thra and I guess like I mean that that was a really cool thing about um I don't, I guess what what are your thoughts about like with, with the Skeksis about how how they were portrayed in, in the show because I did felt like they like they looked really pretty much close to what they were in the film from the sets and you know and everything like for the Skeksis was um, really just incredible stuff. I'd say they almost looked better than they did in the original film in some ways. Uh, I know some people have some issues with their voices and that's something else, but the Skeksis, uh, they nailed the Skeksis in this show. Um, And I would say that if they didn't make the Skeksis look as good or better than, than the original film, they probably wouldn't have made the show. And, I mean, the the Skeksis are the Dark Crystal. They are Age of Resistance. Um, and they look perfect, in, especially the new ones. Uh, I love Skeklak the Collector. The Collector is a, a new, original Skeksy, not in the original uh, film at all. Um, I'm, I'm, I wonder if Brian Froud, you know, just sat down and said, collector, 
okay, I'll, I'll make a collector. Um, because as some fans may know, the collector from the manga is a completely different concept. Um, a different personality, different appearance. Um, but this, in my opinion, is probably a Brian Froud grown collector. They probably said make a collector, and he did. And the collector is so gross, so funny, so beautiful, and, and it just the collector fits with the rest of them. You know, they all have this gross little tick about them, and the collector's got that. I, in the general, you know, he. You know, it, it confused some people. The general is not Skekong the Garthamaster, but he is a a good, I guess, stand-in. He, uh, I, real quick, we've got the general, we got the collector, and we got the hunter, and and those are stand-ins. And you know, do not listen to this podcast if you don't want spoilers for all ten episodes. But those three Skeksis <laughs> do die. And next season, if we get one, we'll probably get Skekong, the Gartha Master, Skekshad, the Treasurer, and Skekna, the Slave Master. And in my opinion, those are the, the, the counterparts to those Skeksis, if you will. They're almost redundant if they're in the same room together, but they're, it's perfect that they fill in those empty spots now in Season 2. Um because, you know, the Collector is a treasurer. And the Hunter, which is a dangerous, scary Skeksis, that's Skekna. He is dangerous and evil and scary looking. Um, and then, the, you know, the General. he General Skekvar, he was going to be the Gartha Master. But now he's dead, isn't he? Uh, now Skekung, he's going to come in and he's going to be the new General. And he's going to take uh, charge of the Gartham Project. And I'm excited to see that. Here we go. Um, but it, sorry, I got derailed there. The Skeksis are perfect. I, I wouldn't change a single thing about them. I agree. And I also think that there's certain roles in within the Skeksis hierarchy or whatever. Like a being a general is a role. Like you want you're the new general. Like for instance, you're the new captain of the guards. So I think people are a little bit tied into the name of this character as opposed to the role of the character, whereas he's called the scroll keeper, but that's not his name. Um, that's what he does. So, cause I think that there was some confusion. I think it was a den of geek posted something that like age of resistance is a different timeline because they kill the general. So it's something ridiculous. Obviously they weren't really doing their homework or paying attention, but uh, yeah, just so for the confusion of everyone, there are roles within Skeksis, hierarchy and there's they do certain things the collector the scroll keeper the emperor the general uh the chamberlain which i don't even know what the chamberlain would be like i don't even know what that means i have to look that up to be honest with you but uh it's going to be interesting to see the gartham master return because the gartham master was scary he's just crazy scary in the original film so it's going to be great to see him back and take on that role and sort of make the Gartham into the fierce creatures that they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, especially like with knowing like where all the other Skeksis are, I mean, especially like with Skeksar, the Marina and um, Skekli, the Cetratist, um 
and and I think it was yeah. I mean, the, I know those uh, characters sort of got a bit of a mention at the end of um, Age of Resistance. I think the Skeksis are sort of talking about, oh, where are these other characters and stuff. So yeah, it, it'll be very exciting to see you know where those characters will be in season two of the show. Yeah, there's just like so many moments that just happen like within the show. I mean, I love sort of when we got the introduction of um, uh, with Bria and just the long tracking shot and how it's moving and just sort of flowing and goes up and then it goes down and then you see the, the Pluffum, you know, eating, you know, eating pages of the book and then you see the paper flowing down and um, like that was probably like one of the incredible shots um, from the show. And yeah, it's just, um, I, I, I guess I'm sort of, you know, lost for words at times just trying to um, describe like with the show it's just um, unlike anything with the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance and I think definitely as time goes on I think we'll you know re-watching all these episodes that there'll be things that we you know missed seeing the first or even the second time that once we get to um, you know to talking more about each episode of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance that um, there'll be so much to look forward to. I'm interested to see how Age of Resistance changes filmmaking in the future. I think that we're going to see a renaissance in um, practical effects. I mean, I think people are going to look at Age of Resistance and think, you know what, I don't need to make a CGI creature. I can make it uh, a puppet, you know. Um, at least I really hope so. I, I think Age of Resistance is going to open some eyes, change some minds. And we're going to see a difference in how movies and television gets made. I think we'll have to wrap up uh, with talking about this first episode of The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And like, I know that there's probably so many things that we sort of missed out on. But don't worry, I think we'll be discussing about all these episodes uh, for a very long time. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening to, to this episode. And yeah, there'll be plenty more episodes to come. Um, it's just been an incredible year an incredible time to be a fan of the dark crystal yeah see you next time stoners thanks for listening and that's all the time that we have for this episode of trial by stone if you'd like to get in contact with us you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast we're on twitter at darkcrystalpod You can follow us on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash dark crystal podcasts. We also have an official website for trial by stone, which you can check it out at darkcrystalpodcast.com. If you like the show and you think that others would love it too, then please write a review for the show. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of trial by stone.